Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is brought to you by the supporters of patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac. And if you enjoy this podcast, you should consider becoming a supporter of patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac. This will not be the last time you hear the phrase patreon.com forward slash Dan Lissac in this podcast. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back. It's me, Dan- Daniel. Daniel Knapsack. Oh, that would have been better if I'd said Daniel Nutsack. Let's do that. No, I've done it. I've already done it, basically. How are you doing? Welcome. Hey, this is Dan from The Edit. I didn't actually say the name of the podcast in this intro. So, Falling Forward with Dan Sack, episode 28. Now, Dan from the past is going to carry on talking. The response to the last episode was awesome. Thank you, guys. Genuinely appreciate all the tweets and all that shenanigans. I know I promised to not, not randomly mumble my intros but hey let's randomly mumble another intro guys how about that what have you been up to i've uh well i i technically haven't done anything since the last time we talked but i'm i'm in america i went there uh although i'm recording this before i went to america so technically i'm not there yet but let's lie i had a lovely time uh, over there I went to thrift shops and maybe I bought a gun. You never know, guys. You never know. Maybe when I was over there in the past, even though it's the future because I've not gone yet, maybe I bought a gun and um, felt like more of a man because that's what they do, I think. I think, I don't know. I've got a tiny penis and the gun, the imaginary gun I bought made me feel like I had like an average size penis. So there is that. Anyway, stop talking about penises, Dan. Let's talk about this week's guest. It is Leah, a.k.a. Well, a.k.a. artist formerly known as Leah Loves Chief. Now, just going with the straight Leah, uh, Twitch streamer, head of the Fordzilla eSports team. I don't know if she counts as the head. I can't remember what we said. She'll talk about it in the podcast, so she'll say what it is. And just all-round delightful human being. Any of you who know me from the twitch.tv, that's why I stream. Not that. She. She is why I stream. I was all grumpy and depressed after the end of Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip. Don't know if you've heard of him. But yeah, super down. 
hadn't opened the curtains in a long time. And then uh, my friend Jake said, hey, you should check out Twitch. It looks like a fun, fun old time. And his friend Leah, who is Leah, who we're about to talk to on the podcast, he recommended her and I watched and I was like, wow, that looks like fun, you see, because she was having fun playing video games on the internet. So I started doing it and uh, I had fun. I know. I know, crazily, I had fun and uh, enjoyed it and started talking to other human beings again. I know, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing uh, that happened. And then roll on a few years, three, four years, and we have a podcast. I'm out in the world talking to people. I've released music. That wasn't going to happen again. Like, the original plan was that I would get fat and be found dead and bloated in my living room from the coronary. But now, I'm actually losing weight, talking to other human beings, and, and uh, yeah, I'm markably less sad. So, Jake, Leah, appreciate that. Anyway, you'll enjoy her. She's a delightful human being, one of those sunny human beings, you know? But yeah, check her out on the, the Twitter, at Leah Viathan, so Leah Viathan, L-E-A-H-V-I-A-T-H-A-N, and check her out on Twitch. What is she on Twitch? Let's check. Is she just, is she that on Twitch? Hmm. Twitch, I'm, I'm on my phone checking, guys. This is definitely a longer Rambler intro, but I'm very professional. Oh, it's just Leah. L-E-A-H on Twitch. That's actually quite good. She did well. Only four four letters. Very good. Edit. I actually wanted to give way more shout-outs, but I didn't want it to be a 12-hour intro again. So, Twitch, go there. Uh, Richard Hammer, he's good, great, wondrous. Uh, H.C. Justin, he's the best boy. H.C. Justin, the best boy. Uh, Lime Grove, she's a delight. Uh, but, yeah. Back to me talking whenever I recorded this intro. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. That's all I've got to say, guys. I don't even know if I said the name of the podcast this week. But, you know, it's done now. That's the intro. Enjoy. The music on this podcast can be found at danlesack.bandcamp.com. And if you were to purchase some of the ambient twerks or triple bangers from danlesack.bandcamp.com you'd be directly supporting this podcast hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Doi. You got a cosy yeah. light. Nice and, nice and warm. Cosy, colour-changing light. Lovely. Boosting. Something happened with content creators and colour-changing yeah. LEDs. Yeah, it's like you can't have a background unless there's about 40 flashing lights behind you. Oh, my God. So um, I was watching ages ago now, like a year ago. I was watching Real Crafty. Oh, I yeah. Watched oh, I years. love Crafty. He's a lovely man. He is, yeah. But he's obviously got all these colour-changing <laughs> LEDs yeah. behind him. And it's like Christmas lights. Yeah. And it's garish. What I like, though, was watching his chat with people coming in going, oh, mate, love your lights. Love them. It's like, Sick, mate. Can you imagine actually having to sit in that room? It's not so bad, to be honest. I mean, because this light is usually on, and that's like, it's big light. It's got mm. lots of colour and stuff. But uh, I used to have it so that it flashed with all the alerts, and then I was like, you know what, this is a bit much. <laughs> So I think it's all right if you're playing a multiplayer game because there's so much happening anyway. You, you know can, what I mean? It just matches the scene. But. I think... I'm not going to put that on the table. Um, I think Philips ones Huge, now, yeah. you can set them so that they pick up your HDMI <gasps> signal. What? So then they'll they'll change colour in relation to what's Why on your screen. Why have you told screen. me this? All of my stuff is Hue. I'm going to be doing a, this have now. Have a Google. Have a Google. <laughs> But yeah, so what do you do? What do I do? That is a broad question, to be honest, because I, I do a difficult. lot of things. That's why I don't usually ask people. But oh, yeah? Yeah, usually I can say you're in a band, and then we just <laughs> go from there. Yeah. But you do a lot. Yeah, so I kind of fell into live streaming on Twitch uh, about five years ago. Um, and before that, I did videography. So like, I've mm-hmm. always been like a really creative person. I love doing uh, making various forms of artistic content so I fell into live streaming uh, and these days what's kind of evolved into doing a bit of YouTube a bit of like influencer I hate that word but influencer stuff um, I'm currently doing some like acting sort of things on the side and um, presenting so I'm like mm. a presenter live host so there's like I wear a lot of hats really and I, I really like to keep pushing myself in different directions because I haven't quite figured out what my passion is yet so I'm like yeah. I'll figure it out if I go eventually. <laughs> well, it's that thing of uh, maybe it'll figure it out for you exactly. as well. It might be that sort of thing where you stumble yeah. into a, oh, I'm a, I'm a fully-fledged presenter now. So, okay. This is the thing. It's like I don't like to tell people, uh, you should push yourself, right? Like, you should never mm. wait for opportunities to come to you. You should be out searching for them. But at the same time, sometimes you kind of just have to follow different paths and see what presents itself to you. <laughs> you can't, yeah. as long as you're trying, then that's all that matters. But, yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's weird because you are just in a state of constantly kind of like waiting, like a little mm. bit on edge. Like, oh, is something going to happen? Is this am, will, uh, <laughs> am I going to have to go get a real job in quotation marks? <laughs> but I think that's true of most um, yes. creators. Like it, even yeah. traditional painters, whatever, they're always going to have that. Uh, there's an outside influence required yeah. to to make anything happen. Um, which is the hard part. And yeah. How are you finding that with Twitch at this point? Because recently you've sort of cut back a little. Yeah, so I used to... I was working with Xbox until the end of last year. That um, was like a year... It was a year and a half I was there for. So it was, it was a decent amount of time. And obviously working with Xbox, it brought financial security because I was working there five days a week. Mm. And um, now I've, I've left. So I'm very fortunate because just as I was leaving, I was offered a deal with Ford. So they've uh, I'm like captaining their... Esports team, which is another mm. thing I forgot to mention. Apparently, I'm an esports team captain as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm captaining that esports team, which basically just means I'm trying to find uh, talent and, and helping bring people together to events yeah. and helping Ford figure out the best way to sort of penetrate the market. Can you um, drive in real life? I can't drive, and I told them that before I started. I was like, <laughs> right. I mean, I'll be honest, lads. <laughs> I don't play racing games and I don't drive, so I'm going to be completely honest. Starting out, I don't know if I'm a good fit for this, and they were like. That's fine. We don't want that. We're looking for someone who is in touch with the gaming market in the UK. Yeah. And I was the their choice for that. So, um, but yeah. So luckily, that pays me now enough stability for this the the year ahead. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. To make me like not as stressed. But coming back into Twitch is a is a weird place because I'm now like I'm a variety streamer and that's rough on Twitch because it's mm. there's no market for that per se. People don't look for a variety streamer. They just find a streamer playing a game that they're interested in. And if they really like it, they might come back for a different game. But mm. the likelihood is quite slim. So it's it's weird, because I'm at that point where I'm, like, like yesterday I was having a bit of stress about money, like, oh my god, what am I going to do next year? If Ford don't take me back, I'm going to be, oh, what's happening? Um, but I just kind of have to trust the process, really, and yeah. just uh, try my best and see what happens. I suppose, and just maintaining all those different mm. skills as such. Yeah. Um, so how did the Ford thing come about? Was that just through, like, other content creation and people were... Yeah, so they, um... I don't really know how they found me, but they obviously contacted my agent, and my agent sort of said to me, like, yeah, if you're interested, give it a go, maybe. Like, I mean, you know, it's up to you. Like, my agent's very, very good, because mm. I've heard of very pushy agents who are just like, take it, you need to take it, we need the money. But my agent's just like, if you're not into it, don't do it. Like, don't feel any pressure. Yeah. So uh, they just contacted him and we had like negotiations for about a month or two where we just kind of went back and forth on deliverables because obviously every contract is like, right, we want so many social media posts, so many events, so many uh, support externally. Mm. So uh, yeah, and then um, I just said, well, if they think I'm okay, then sure. Because mm. my ma- main worry was... Obviously, in, in the racing community, they're going to be like, who is this outsider coming in? Like, she she knows nothing about racing games. Why yeah. should we listen to her at all? So my concern, and in the meetings we had beforehand, was saying, I want you to know that any communication I have with people about this is saying that I know nothing about racing and that I want to get into like, that. Like, teach me. Yeah, teach yeah. me. I want you guys to teach me. I want to... And if there are women out there who should be in my place, which I'm sure there absolutely are, mm. then... I want to help them, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to be, I want, I love this role and it's fantastic, but I would love to help people who deserve it as well in the future. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my goal is to try and help bring other people up and feel like they could do what I'm doing. Yeah. You, I think you've talked about that before. Probably. Uh, like, <laughs> generally about just trying to make, um, 
women feel like it's okay to be a gamer yeah or a game content i hate the phrase content creator yeah but it's so it's such a broad term isn't it like it can mean anything but uh, yeah i did an interview when i joined ford and um it was with uh, it was with a journalist who ended up publishing it to like the daily mail (laughs) and Mm. various other places um and it was essentially my it's, it's interesting when you do interviews because often it'll be like oh so What's your job in Ford? Like, what are you doing? And how much money do you make? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and in this one in particular, it was so. How much do women get bullied in the in gaming industry? And I'm like, well, I don't want to talk negatively about this because that's just going to be more off-putting for the most mm. part. And you know, at the end of the day, there are way more positives than there are negatives. So instead, I've tried to sort of turn the conversation around into how can we make the industry better for women, right? Mm. And in my view, I don't want to infantilize women i don't want to say to them Mm -hmm. like you need your hand holding in this industry because they don't women are fantastic they're already making waves but there's maybe some people who are kind of like well this there's so many men here do i belong in that job and i want to say to them like hey like i'm i'm doing it right now you can do it as well if you want to like there's the you don't need to feel scared about that so yeah the the whole this this idea that women are constantly being bullied it's, mm. it's an interesting one because there are definitely like if we look at twitch streaming there are definitely women who are targets yeah for um 4chan trolls and yeah. little reddit mobs and stuff but they are definitely the minority yeah. it's just for some reason there's this weird thing that happens that dudes get really frustrated when they see somebody else making money yeah or this stealing my viewers <laughs> well, well no they're not yeah that's an interesting one i've seen that um quite a lot uh, i mean that one gets disproved so often because at the end of the day how can you steal someone's viewers if they want to watch you they'll watch you if someone else is providing better content you've got to believe twitch viewers are fickle anyone on the internet yeah. is fickle they're not going to just stick around for you and wait for your content to be something they enjoy they're just going like, to watch someone else when it comes down to it if you're if you're worried that someone playing like a Dance Dance Revolution mm. or whatever, is stealing your PUBG viewers. Yeah. You're very confused about <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, like, like, what's your audience then? Like, if, what are you trying to appeal to? If you want to watch someone dancing, you're going to watch someone dancing. Exactly. You're not going to watch a grumpy guy who's complaining about women on exactly. the internet playing PUBG. And this is the thing, there's a lot of people... Oh, listeners, PUBG's uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It was a very sensational game a few years ago. Then supplanted by Fortnite. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, uh, we don't, the less spoken about that, the better, I think. <laughs> it was the hype for a while, and then it kind of, yeah, went downhill. Um, but it's, Yeah, it's, I think that's the thing with gaming, though, because mm. it's so online. It's so, the internet, I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man. I remember when you got the news of things in the, in the enemy. Yeah, or that in, creaking you can hear is your back, it's not the chair. It's the chair. But, like... I think we we hear of things, we can engage with them, and we can get bored with them in so much quicker a fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's become more apparent to me as I, I've been on TikTok recently, which yeah. has made me feel old. I'm like, Jesus, mm. I'm 26, I shouldn't feel old. But it's the... Oh, well, I was on TikTok when it was still called Musical.ly. Musical.ly. <laughs> mm. They did a very, uh, very good rebrand, I have to say, because that got so much negative press, and they've managed to sort of turn that around yeah. very, very yeah. well. I mean, I'm sure it's had millions and millions of money put into it. It's still, like, TikTok still has problems, but now it has the thing where it uh, it just has far more 
good normal yeah like yeah whereas with musically like a lot of people's first hearing of it was like creepy dudes yeah (laughs) and it was full of kids i mean tiktok still is there's a lot of kids on there who are making entirely inappropriate content and it's very bizarre and it's uncomfortable to see Mm. and the main vehicle for seeing content on tiktok is the for you page where you're just giving random videos and i Mm. I mean i spent hours scrolling through that because there's some the creativity on the app is so inspiring. It's the art on there. I think it's true of the internet in general. Yes, yeah. Because I don't know what it is. I think there is something about when people realised that they could make things and show the world. Yeah. They started making things that you weren't going to see somewhere else. It's yeah. like a, I, I had him on, on here. There's a YouTuber called Look Mum No Computer. Yeah. And he's just a, a musician and uh, electrician, basically. And he builds his own stuff. And he made an organ out of Furbies. And, <laughs> all this, and he makes silly <laughs> things. So but there's cool. no TV channel no. ever going to pay him to make that. No. Yeah. You've got to make your own niche, haven't you? He made his little corner. Yeah. And now he gets to tour the world making organs that fire flames and, and stuff and it's amazing because I mean like you said the internet moves on very quickly um, mm. and TikTok is very much a symptom of that because it's a quick video you scroll past it's gone like mm. it's on to the next thing on to the next best thing and the, the trends go by so fast mm. but I mean, and in that and in the same way it kind of empowers the internet because the bunch of people who maybe didn't enjoy that piece of content will move on but you'll keep getting different people who've never seen it before come in mm. and it's so vast that there'll be thousands, millions, billions of people who've not seen this content before who are quite happy to view it. There's something about TikTok's short nature as well mm. that helps it with the like meme, like the copying nature, yes. like people remixing ideas and those ideas evolving, um, which I find fascinating because yeah. the more people you get to think about a thing, the more likely you are going to distill that thing into something it's great. Best form, yeah. yeah and so. I mean, they've, they've done so well to give people the tools to do that as well. Mm. Like they've just they've so they've heard their audience and gone, yeah, you know what you do. You want this ability to take someone else's sound and create your own sort of video with that, so that people can relate it and yeah. understand the content faster. And it's the same way they did with Vine. Like they've basically taken what Vine started. Rip Vine, man. Rip Vine. Uh, yeah, I love Vine. It's, <laughs> um, but they've taken that that sort of idea of, of quick form content that you just scroll past, and they've just distilled it to its best form and, and mm. made it even better and made it more accessible and made it so people can make money off it, which is where Vine ultimately failed. It's, it's something about friction. Like, we're, we're sat here in your streaming room. Yeah. And you're set up, ready to go. Like, yeah. you just press space bar that... PCs on, you could be streaming in seconds. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point. Like, you have to leave it all set up because if you create friction, if like, oh, well, I've got to set up my lights every time before I stream. Yeah. You're not going to do it. No, yeah. Friction is the biggest enemy of creativity. Like, mm. it, as soon as you've got obstacles and Netflix, in your way. Netflix and is, Netflix <laughs> is real bad. <laughs> but it's true though. Like, as soon as there's a minor inconvenience, there's so much other stuff you can be doing in 2020 with that time. Mm. That you're kind of like, well, I'll leave it. Like, I used okay. to have a green screen for my stream, and it was a pop-up one. Oh, yeah. It was easy to pop up, but to somewhere. get it to work, I kind of had to prop it up on this mic stand and lean yeah. it, and then and I, I got to the point where I just wasn't streaming because yeah. of... And it's like, just don't use the green screen. And it's crazy, isn't it, how it's like your brain gets so ingrained in this one idea of, well, I need to set the green screen up and make it look perfect, and it doesn't look perfect, so I can't do it, and now I'm in a bad mood, and it's all wrong. And your brain gets yeah. so obsessed with this that you can't see the perspective of just don't use it. Like, mm. just 
do it differently? And this is something that I kind of had like the epiphany of last year. I was in a meeting with my agency and they were talking about like content. And I was like, yeah, why don't I just do something completely random? Why am I so obsessed with the idea of making something perfect mm. and like how I would like it? When I know from experience that on the internet, if I like the way something is done, it doesn't mean someone else does. Yeah. So if I don't like the way something is done, there's other people who will, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be perfect by my standards. Um, and that's kind of been quite freeing to let go of mm. that. Uh, in, in, in the context of online creation that you scroll past every five seconds, I think in the context of art, like maybe more permanent pieces, art, music, it's a little bit different because you do want to search for that perfection yeah. in yourself. But yeah, there's, there's some things where you just need to let go a little bit, I think. <laughs> but there's, there's perfect and then there's too perfect mm-hmm. as well. It's like as a musician, it's the thing I've been trying to get out of in the last couple of years mm. of like this is never going to be perfect no. it's never going to reach this point in that I imagine it to be yeah so as soon as I it's I'm happy is when it's done rather than six months later after I've tinkered oh is that snare drum loud enough <laughs> no, it doesn't matter <laughs> it's funny because no one else knows what's in your head right so no one else yeah, knows no one it's else... not perfect they just go this is good this thing yeah it's like nice. I when you watch uh, someone like bands or whatever don't if you make a mistake, don't react. Oh. If you're the, if you're the bass player and you hit play a bum note, just play it like you meant to play it, because yeah. no one in the audience knows. No, exactly. They might think, oh, that note was odd. Yeah. But until, if they look at your face and you're like, oh no, <laughs> they're like, oh, he's made a mistake. Oh, and then it's just a vehicle for a like, game. What? Nothing, I did nothing <laughs> wrong. You guys, your hearing was bad. <laughs> Doesn't work in gaming, unfortunately, because everyone can see you didn't actually mean to do that. <laughs> You're like, no, I meant to do that somersault off a cliff. And yeah. then everyone's like, mm-hmm, yep, 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 okay. yep. <laughs> I think there is definitely a skill to embracing your mistakes. Yes, absolutely. So. And that's how I built my entire content. It's just yeah. like, I'm goofy, you know what I mean? I like, mm. I make mistakes, but I will absolutely own up to them and try and explain how that mistake happened. And yeah. then be like, okay, how do we do better next time? And that's, I've, I don't know, for a lot of people, that's kind of something they haven't quite grasped. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a weird thing about watching games. I don't... There's some games you might be looking for a creator who is great at that yes, game. Yeah. You know, like... Um, like League or like... Yeah, if you're watching Dark Souls, like yeah. The Happy Hob. Uh, I know he's not allowed to be called The Happy Hobbit. You've got the, the Tolkien estate made him oh, change his name. Really? Yeah, so now he's... I think it's The Happy Hob... But um, yeah, if he's playing Dark Souls and he's like the only person to have played the entire series in one go without getting hit, so without taking damage and stuff like that, like crazy. So you might watch that guy for the skill, yeah. But there is something equally as exciting to watch someone new to the game for the first time like what Ah, ah, it's like it's satisfying to watch them make the same mistakes you did and then learn Mm. from them afterwards and be like yes you've gone through the exact same process that I went through and I don't know why it is annoying when they get to that first boss and they just rinse them first time you're like oh Took me like two hours, mate. I remember I did that first boss on Dark Souls three with mouse and keyboard, and I was there like, and mouse keyboard on Dark Souls. For anyone who knows, is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Like I wasn't told this, though, so I did it, and I beat him. And I was like, afterwards, I got through it. And I said to people, "Oh, I beat him," and they're like, "Oh," and I was like, "Yeah, I just used mouse and keyboard," and they were like, "Sorry, <laughs> what?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, is it easier on controller?" And uh, yeah, I found out it's much easier on controller. It's weird. 
Well, a lot of people would say that's a sin to say that Control is better. I know, game. but it's, I mean, I'm playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at the moment. That's another game that's mm. much better on controller. Third person melee. Yeah. Way controller better. all the way. Yeah. It's See, it even rhymes. It rhymes. No, but yeah, most other games, mouse and keyboard is superior. <laughs> the shooty game. Yes. The precision. Absolutely. I've never been able to master mouse and keyboard. But no. It's because I'm an old man. <laughs> There's always time, Dan. There's always time. There's always time. There's always time. <laughs> Um, so how did you get to here? So you said about doing, like, some, uh, video production before. Yeah. But you sort of said you fell into Twitch streaming. Was this just one of those, like, yeah, um, I'll do it so, for fun and then it blew up? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, it's pretty funny because we actually, I mean, met I, then, I yeah, yeah, I met you at a shoot back when... I was doing videos, so yeah. we used to do fashion videos, and, um, and and that was pretty crazy in itself. And um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things. I was freelance. I was working on this. I was also working on a, a motocross event. So I used mm. to do work in motocross. And the more I talk about the things I've done, the more I'm like, there's no connectivity with any of this. Any it's all just it. completely random. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was working on this event. So I was pretty much completely freelance, and I was like, well, I might as well try streaming because I. As you can see, I talk a lot. Like I, I'm very energetic, and mm. I kind of like sharing those vibes with people. And I, I, I thought, well, if I've got something to share, I might as well just try and share it and see what mm. happens. So I did originally try streaming from my Xbox at home with my 0.5 megabyte connection. Didn't go well. It was like one frame every maybe five minutes <laughs> people could get. Nice. But I tried. Um, and this was back when the Xbox One had just come out. Uh, the, the app, the Twitch app was there. There was all this like, hype about you can stream from your Xbox. I was like, oh, that's so cool. My only experience with Twitch had been Twitch plays Pokemon. So mm. I was like, okay, that's really interesting. I didn't watch Twitch at all. And then um, my friend Ella started streaming. Mm -hmm. um, she, they had pretty good internet at their house. I was like eternally jealous, like, oh, I really want to stream. <laughs> but I was super proud because she was doing well and she seemed to be uh, doing like, very well in what she did. So I was like, well, what's, why not? Why not try it? You know, it seems to be really fun. Um, and I was into cosplay at the time as well. So I was like, well, I could stream in cosplay and it could be a bit different because people don't seem to do that at the moment. So... Um, the office that I was working at at the time, the one belonged to my ex-boyfriend's dad. He mm. owned the motocross event. So I would work there every day. And he got fibre internet installed. <gasps> so I was like, oh, oh my, god, my god, the time is now. <laughs> so I, um, I was like begging and begging and begging. I was like, please, uh, please, I could stay late in the evenings maybe after work and, um, and stream. And I didn't have a computer at the time either. So this was all like... Yeah, it was all a mess, to be honest, and and this was over Christmas. I was in my most depressed period of time. This was like 2014. Mm. I was um I was which I was, was a rubbish year. It was a rubbish year. Yeah, I was sat in the doctor's office on Christmas Eve crying because I was so like mm. so down. Um and I had food poisoning on Christmas Day. It's honestly the worst start to a year Perfect. you could imagine. Always <laughs> yeah, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um and I was like, we went to France to visit my ex parents. I was like begging in the whole time, like, please, can we just buy a computer? Like, it'll be a cheap one. Uh, like, finding any way I could to try and see if we could borrow some money from people yeah. to try and buy a computer. And I got to the point where eventually we, we got one, so we built it in March. 
that year and I started streaming and it went well immediately mm. and I was like so relieved because I was like oh my god fine. the begging the like the desperation it kind of paid off in a way so was that just before Destiny launched? that was just after so just I was like after. obsessed with Destiny I'd made a cosplay I was like I loved it so much um, and I started streaming Destiny and I was so it was right time right place mm. I was so fortunate that the community was so welcoming and it wasn't really it was still growing it was not really like a community per se yeah. it was still like quite new um, and I, I streamed the cosplay, got a bit of attention for that, um, posted it on Reddit, got more attention, um, and it kind of just snowballed from there, really. Mm. And I did it for fun. And when I started, I didn't realise really what you could do with Twitch. When we, when we listeners, we're talking about cosplay here. We're not talking about, like, sexy Harry Potter no. cosplay. <laughs> we're talking about, like, crafted armour. Yeah, uh, full space, on. It's, The game we're talking about, Space Magic, so, you know... Like, mechs-ish armor. It's, well, it's, it's like space wizard. So space it was like wizard. Robe, like oh, yeah, full it was a warlock. On, was yeah, it? it was a warlock. Mm, so a warlock. had a full on, and it was all handmade, like a full on robe, warlocks. completely covered, head to toe. Like, there's no sexy about just this. It was just around. I just relied on like good craftsmanship, and it yeah. worked. It but that, worked. that's the thing, like with with cosplay as well. Like people do, especially with the invention of three D printers. Yeah. Like, people can craft some amazing It's much easier now, stuff. I have to say, than yeah. it was. I mean, it's more accessible, but at the same time, obviously, the best tools, 3D printers, are, like, still up there. Up there but yeah. it does make it a lot easier to, to try. Because a lot of people, you can just order 3D printed parts online and mm. just and then paint them yourself and you've got a cosplay. <laughs> so it's a lot. I mean, back then, I was, like, sanding every tiny bit of foam, like, making everything perfect mm. by hand. Like, it was, it was rough as well because I had no money. So everything was on the cheap, on budget. Yeah. It was, like... Going into B and Q, looking at like bits of toilets and stuff to see what I could repurpose to yeah. cosplay. So I made an entire huge rifle from a game called Fallout. It's massive, it's about this big. It's a cannon, mm. and uh, I made it all out of like random bits of plywood, a bottle, a bit of toilet pieces, and it was all just completely random stuff I'd found. Weirdly though, that's kind of how Fallout made exactly. The game. It felt so right. It's kind of <laughs> but, I never yeah. really thought how how attuned Fallout is to. Hobbies, hobby craft. Yeah, it works really well. I mean, my favourite thing was Borderlands because mm. everything's sort of like cartoony, so you can get away with making loads of mistakes in your cosplay, yeah, yeah. and you just sort of draw over it. And no one knows. It's <laughs> great, exactly. It's amazing. But um, yeah, honestly, the the things that happened on Twitch for my growth were it was just perfect storm, mm. and I didn't expect to make a living off it never mind like I expected maybe if things went well I'd make a little bit of money I guess but, but it, is, it is funny because obviously you you were already growing mm. but then at the end of year one of Destiny there was the year one community video they put out yeah. that had a lot of people and you got a lot of attention from that because they featured the cosplay yeah it's funny because I don't really that's not like my perspective I suppose mm. like, that's so that's interesting you say that because I uh, I mean, that whole first year was a muddle to me. It was just a blur of trying to claw my way out of this depressed, anxious state, mm. clinging on to streaming because it was what was bringing me like real happiness and joy. And um, my life completely changed that year. For the first time, I was financially independent. Mm. I had I wasn't relying on. Uh, yeah, I was working for free essentially before that, and and just to pay my own rent. So mm. it was kind of a trade off. I'd work, then I get to live for free in the house. So I had no money of my own. I had no nothing. Um, and I went from that to renting a house, to uh, making my own money, to making my own decisions, to visiting America for the first time ever. And it was, everything was just a blur. Because mm. was, there was so many things happening that year. And then when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like that's, 
it's a mental assault <laughs> and mm. I never really um, managed to distill all that <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of still dealing with the after effects of kind of like unexpected success in something mm. I wasn't really looking for success in I was just looking for a good time See, it's an interesting thing because that's how it happens for bands you know there's a lot of bands out there who have this this thing that happens yeah. and then oh shit mm. I'm now touring I'm doing this I'm doing that oh wait I'm on the BBC yeah. oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> all that happens but when you're in a band even me and Pip there was two of us but we that meant we had this other person to kind of share that with yeah. but also at the same time keep real with yeah. you know whereas when you're in your stream on your own yeah. it must is it did you feel like you needed to find other people to gain a bit of perspective and support or did you just spin around the house going, Whoa! <laughs> I mean, I was an anxious mess half the time. I was, I couldn't sleep half the night. If I got raided, there was a couple of times I got raided by big streamers and I was like, A I raid, guys, is where one big streamer or any streamer finishes their stream and then forces, violently forces their <laughs> viewers to go watch someone else. Nice. Yeah, they bring, they bring all the viewers over. And back then on Twitch, it was very effective. People would be really interested in who, who was being raided. Yeah. It doesn't work so much well these days, but that's another conversation. But, um, and, and yeah, and I'd spend that whole night after I'd been raided, like, I couldn't sleep. I'd be mm. shaking, I'd be like, so stressed, but happy. Like, oh my God, did that happen? But also like, oh God, that happened. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it was, it, but however, I have to say, uh, my ex, um, he... He supported me through all of it, and we're still friends. Like we still mm. talk quite often. It didn't work out in the end, and we both accepted that, and that was fine. So we went out of it quite amicably, um, and we'd been together like five, six years at that point. So he's super buff now. He's super Scare buff. He him, is, sorry. and he's a lovely, lovely person, and he helped me so much through that time. But it did take its toll on us because I was. It got to the point where I was like, oh, it's getting successful. So obviously, I want to spend more time on it, and you know, see what what happens, see where it goes, yeah. and it. I think when it. One person in a partnership gets sudden success, it can leave the other person like feeling a little bit out in the cold because it's kind of like they're, they're seeing all this cool stuff happen but and they're a part of it, but not really. And it was that you can't like, there's nothing you can do about that except for try and make them feel like a part of what's happening mm. and make them feel involved, which you can try your best to do, but sometimes it just doesn't work. So, um, yeah. And I can imagine like from his... Not his, I don't know him well enough to say his upbringing, but from a male's general upbringing <laughs> where we're sort of told from a young age that we're providers and yeah. all this, that for your partner to be having a load of success and you, I think men need to realise that they can take a support role. Yeah. It's fine. It's not, you know, you don't have to be the one out there um, grinding out all the money. Yeah. You can be the one that makes it perfectly possible for your partner to do it well that's the thing i'm i'm so ambitious like i'm like i don't um i don't want tons of money i don't want to be a billionaire or anything that's just ridiculous but i am ambitious i want to find fulfillment and success for what yeah. i do and it was kind of like trying to push that fulfillment on that person i suppose and and looking back i'm like i i don't know how i could have handled it differently but at the same time i knew he is very talented he's so yeah. good at making videos and i I, I just wanted to push him, like, you just try more with it because you're so good at this. Like, you could go so far if you mm. just applied yourself more to it. And it was that frustration of just, like, I suppose 
like I'm kind of rising up and I'm seeing him like yeah. not so much and just trying to like come on you can do it come with me <laughs> like, you yeah, can yeah. we can do this together and uh, yeah it was a weird one but you, it's one you can't ever push no. someone else you can give them the opportunity exactly. to grow or do whatever they need to do but you only you can only ever do it when you're ready they're living their it. own lives they got yeah. they got to do their own thing go on their own path and that's mm. the hardest thing to learn I think is sitting day to day with that how do you find, because obviously you're working with Ford now, like a, a corporation, yeah. and um, you're working with Xbox, yeah. which I think they're Mi- Microsoft? Mi- yeah, that's Microsoft, a small company, Mick. Yeah, yeah, some tech. Don't, I'm not sure who Mick is, but... Mick, yeah. Mickey yeah. <laughs> Soft. <laughs> um, weird you say that. Mike Bithell, his um, first games when he was a student the he's the guy who made Thomas was alive yeah. when he was like a teenager at work yeah. he called himself Michael Soft <laughs> like he used to hand in, he made stuff on like BBC Basic and actually like at secondary school handed that in as, wow. as work I think that might be apocryphal makes you no. feel a bit like you know. Oh mate, the amount of people I've met on here that are just like super talented, they like, like work their whole lives, and I'm like, the presents. okay, like, I can't manage to get the washing up done. Um, but how do you find that? Like, obviously, Twitch, you're super free, yeah, to make whatever you want whenever you want. Yet then, how do you find the the balance between being normal Leah and corporate Leah? I suppose. I, I did find it quite difficult, I suppose, because, I mean, there was a lot of expectation on me to post brand content, right? And, mm. and it wasn't part of the contract. It was just kind of like, you're a member of the team, so you should be doing this. Like, this is expected of you. Why aren't you yeah. all in? And, it, and to me, it was, I didn't sit right with me because I just didn't, I'm like, this isn't, this is my thing, you know? Mm. This is my personal thing, and I don't want it to be an advert, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, it's, it's interesting. So I, I definitely have... I had reservations, and obviously on YouTube, the content we'd make, it, it is sales. It's, you know, you're, you're trying yeah. to get people to invest themselves personally or financially in the ecosystem. The people, you know, you want to buy an Xbox. It's awesome. It's cool. It's fun. This is what you could do. Buy it. And uh, it got to the point with me where I was like, I don't want to do that, I suppose. I, I want to be showing people how to have a good time. Mm. I, I want to be saying to people, like, um, isn't this fun? Why you could be having fun too, and mm. and that's the kind of content I wanted to make, but it wasn't possible in that role. So I, it, it was really difficult to separate myself from the shop talk, I suppose. And, yeah. and you're constantly getting accusations of being a shill and like all sorts like of nasty stuff. Really, there's all sorts of insults are thrown at you. And and to, oh god, if you say anything positive about anything, yeah, you're being paid. awful. Like, and uh, and uh, like I don't. It's hard to talk about because obviously I don't want to. I've got a good relationship with Xbox, and I don't want to jeopardize that in any way but mm. it was it it was difficult to liaise that with myself and, and to feel good about the work I was doing when I didn't enjoy that in the yeah. corporate space does that make sense <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird one to navigate I think well because there is something of like gaming YouTube mm. there are some formulas that seem to work yes. for brands and you have to do it yeah if you're a, if you're a brand YouTube you have to do the clickbait you have to get people interested in whatever you've got to make them think you're giving them some secrets that people don't know yet because mm. otherwise why would you watch branded content like mm. why why would i mean 
You know, I was tweeted by Chicago Town recently. I'm like, yeah, pizza, love pizza. I tweeted them. I was like, make a giant mini Chicago Town pizza because they're the best ones. Let's face it, they're, yeah. the, they're they are superior pizzas. And they the, responded to me. The deep dish one. Yeah, That's, the big I'm one not, of those. I'm not a fan. Oh well, sorry, you know, you Chicago can, the door Town. is there. <laughs> um, and they tweeted but me I've back. I've been to Chicago as well. I've been. To the, oh, you've been to real? The, okay, the so I haven't been there. Chicago, so. yeah. The real Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> But um, I was thinking, why don't I follow Chicago Town on Twitter? And I was like, why would I? Like, why would you want to follow yeah. a brand's content? Like, unless it's hilariously funny, which is something I think KFC do quite well. It's weird though, because like now every brand yeah. is relatable, funny, funny like oh, kind edgy. <laughs> was it Sunny Day? Who was it earlier than oh, last God. year who did the like? So everyone's being this funny. Everyone's quippy, being Wendy's, right? Being yeah. Wendy's, and then one of them just did depression. <laughs> did like a really sad tweet I just can't cope today oh. and then all the other brands came in and said are oh, you alright here if you want to talk <laughs> and it became so weird because it's like I totally get what they're trying to do yeah but at the same time because everyone's then doing it yeah we the audience are like oh it's another funny brand yeah really oh. I mean it's newsworthy the first time because it's mm. like it's brave I mean it is brave for a brand to do that to get through all the corporate layers, uh, layers and levels of of approvals to be able to tweet something like that mm. as silly as it sounds if you're not in the industry it will sound so like absurd but mm. to get to the point where you could just write that tweet on a brand account is pretty mental yeah. and it's brave it's very brave because it could just flop and people would be like what the heck are you on it's about? a weird thing though because it's um what i can't remember it. arby's i think it is maybe yeah. one of those they do some weird stuff where they make art with the food so yeah like lettuce and bread and like and they did a, a series of those for gaming like metroid and all that they were cool things but yeah. so they're making a thing that you go wow and then you share it yeah brand awareness i've da, never da, da. seen this before guys look at this wow cool but we've got to that point now where it you don't actually have to make anything no it is literally well you do have to make you just have to make a joke it's just shit posting people, people just yeah. i mean and brands are just getting into that thing where it's like we'll just shit post because people the the age group that they're trying to apply to right it's just people who go mm. oh look we, they're doing what we do <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah. and it i think audiences are a lot savvier than people give them credit for because mm. a lot of the time people are just like what like why are you doing this but like if a big brand just tweets nice then it's like huh that's kind of funny that's breaking what we expect from a corporate brand so yeah. therefore it's relatable <laughs> until it becomes what we expect exactly. from a corporate brand. and then you suddenly don't expect other things like corporate speak <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder where the wheel's going to turn next <laughs> it's weird yeah I can't predict it I, I think I was I used to be quite good uh, at spotting them yeah. but again because it happened so slowly yeah. like the tango ads when I, I was oh 14 or advertising whatever advertising was mental like 20 years ago it yeah it was definitely like the, a, a period of time where adverts went yeah we just have to be weird it's the only Shreddy's thing adverts. Got. Have you seen this advert? Exactly. Yeah. But then everyone became weird. Yeah. You know. So then it's just all t- TV is just weird. By there's default. a there's a phase at which um, every brand had to have a weird character. So the oh. meerkat or the little go ca- the go compare guy. The go yeah, compare yeah. guy. Or, uh, so we've all now got we've got to be weird and we've got to have a weird character. Got a mascot, yeah, as the Churchill dog and everything. Mm. And now you've got remnants of that coming along, but they're kind of. They're adultive, well not adultifying, what's the word? Like they're kind of just making it a bit more mature yeah. as it goes. Like there's some adverts with like the Churchill dog and a skateboard and stuff. And it's a little bit less about the personality of the mascot now. Mm. It's more just about there's the mascot recognisable brand. Uh, which is, yeah. it's interesting watching that um, evolution <laughs> over time. <laughs> yeah. 
But we'll get, hopefully we'll get to a point where Burger King will just have a picture of a burger and go, Oh, you know what it is. Yeah. Burg, get it in your mouth. Nice. <laughs> I want to make a, I've got an idea for an advert now, which is burger. Nice, get it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> They've probably done it. Probably. They've probably done it. I mean, have you seen, the, over Christmas, I went to the cinema and watched the KFC advert. And again, honestly, I think you KFC... You went to cinema to watch the KFC Specifically advert. just to watch the KFC. <laughs> I just love chicken. Again. Again. <laughs> Play it again. I am. Play that again. <laughs> I saw it and it was very good. Their their advertising is fantastic. They mm. they're ahead of the curve, I think, with what they do. So what what's this advert? Tell me uh, about it. It was this one advert. where it was there was two of them. There was one where it was a chicken in the snow. I don't know. Just just Google it. It's like chicken in the snow. Yeah, it's, there was Poor like guy. a chicken in the snow. It and was then he got killed in the end. Yeah, then he got killed. Know, it's Poor just lads. tragic. It's a real tragedy. Um, and then the second one was where he was driving down the streets and it was like looking at all the fake KFCs like Southern Fried Chicken, Louisiana PFC's Fried Chicken. Yeah, and it was just kind of like. Uh, and that is smart because it's really basic, really simple. Yeah. But everybody knows. Like you walk down the street, you know they're all just KFC ripoffs. So it's yeah. kind of tapping into that without saying it. They're kind of just like, well, you know, we are the best. Like just, mm. just in case you need a reminder. Like, and I, I liked it because it was subtle and it, was, yeah. it wasn't just like, eat your chicken, get it in your gob. You want chicken? We do best chicken. Yeah, get it, get it, get it, cheap, cheap. And it was, yeah. it was just like, come on, you know we're the best one. We uh, obviously got Nando's. Yeah, but we God, in Reading have a Fernando's. Oh, oh, we had one here. And they had to change their name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt really bad for them. Like Nando's wants to sue. But Fernando's was the superior chicken. I mean, it's crazy how they just pop up, but actually they end up being kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reading has like a few like peri-peri places. Yeah. I think because we've got a fairly big Muslim community and chicken's legit. Chick- Do you think Muslim community peri-peri are like well, synonymous? I- just, I just think it's... Just uh, coincidental that they... Maybe. The thing that the Muslim community in Reading has boomed okay. are dessert stores. Oh, God, I'm all about that. <laughs> so, you know, like dreams and treats yeah. and all that. Uh, that's a big part of a lot of young Muslim people because they don't huh. drink. Oh, so it's like a social... Like, you can't go to the pub. Well, you can go to the pub, but obviously you might feel uncomfortable in the pub. But we yeah. can all go to Dreams in Reading, Guess which used to be a pub, but <laughs> now get 50 different types of ice cream, and it's still a bit of a disco. That's well. really cool, because, like, I mean, this is where, I mean, I'll be honest, like, community centres, it's, like, all mm. well and good, but really, who realistically gets the mates and goes down to the community centre? Nobody. And that's no. why most of them are closed now, because they just, realistically, they didn't tap into what they should have been doing. Whereas that, I mean, it's yeah. not, maybe not intentional, but they've... They've, that is what you need. You need something mm. a bit wholesome and a little bit, you know, different where people can go and congregate. And it is a really interesting thing, like where different cultures have different um, food requirements. Yeah, it means that they end up having different social outlets. Yeah, you know, I find that fascinating. It is. I'm just happy if I can find a Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, Anyone just open around the corner? Greg's Before? vegan steak bake. It's a kid. It's actually good. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I love that sausage roll, the vegan one. It's very See, good. I found this, the vegan sausage roll a little dry. Maybe it was just the one you got. Maybe, yeah. Because, I mean, they are hit and miss, aren't they, sometimes? Yeah. You go to Greg's, they're cold, but, hard. Yeah, I think because they're not using butter in the pastry as Could, well, yeah. that maybe maybe if it's just not quite the optimum temperature. The one I had temperature. was fantastic. <laughs> Whereas the, the vegan steak bake, because there's a, a natural moisture to it, <laughs> With the gravy. <laughs> it felt, yeah, it felt good. I'll try it now. Um, again, a similar question to the corporate side. Oh, yeah. But how do you manage 
to honestly be you uh, versus that necessity for like faux positivity yeah. in, in the things you create. So it's, I've really, I try really not to be faux positive because like I, there's a real insidious problem with people just being like, everything is perfect, just be happy, just be nice to people all the time because it doesn't, that's not reality. You mm. can't, like some people are assholes and mm. you kind of just have to accept that deal with them and move on. It's about not wallowing in the assholery, right? Yeah. So there is a... It's quite difficult to try and make sure that you're not putting out negativity because I don't want to put out negativity, but I also don't want to put out just, like, good happy vibes, everybody. Like, weird TV ch- children show presenter kind of thing. Yeah. So it's something that actually I've been recently doing acting classes with the Meisner technique. Mm. And it's, like, it's about your genuine truthful reaction and emotions and it's something that i'm partly doing because i think it's really important for the content creation mm. and it's something i've really had to let go of over the last few years is people pleasing because i'm i want people to like me and i think that's natural people want people to like them for the most part unless you're like a grizzled veteran of society who's just like everyone's a dick and i don't want anyone to like me but it's I, I really had to get over this whole idea of just like, why You just why described wouldn't? my brand. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. It's literally my brand. Oh my god, right she just knows me. My brand. Um, it's, it was really hard to get over though, because I, mm. I don't, you know, I don't do anything particularly controversial. But in doing that, over the years, I've realised that I watered myself down a lot because I was so scared of saying something that might someone might take a dissenting opinion of mm. that I didn't want to say anything at all. So it's got to the point where I'm like, I second guess what I post because I'm like, but what if that's insensitive? What if I'm saying something that actually I've not thoroughly researched, I don't know about? And I kind of came to the realisation that not ev- nobody thinks like that for the most yeah. part. People on the internet don't... They just write whatever ignorant crap is in their head, you know? Like, and I, I think that the majority of people, if you, you sat down right now and wrote some heinously offensive tweet <laughs> that was clearly like a misunderstanding on your yeah, part, yeah. the majority of people will accept you saying... Yo, guys, <laughs> I done fucked up. Yeah. I, I, that's not what I was trying to say. As long as you apologise. I think that we've got this weird thing when people do fuck up and then they double down. Yeah. They, like, suddenly... Yeah, I'm a dick. No. Yeah, deal with it. Yeah, just say it like it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Just, or, or go, just a joke. It was just a joke, uh, wasn't it? No, but it is hard to get over, isn't it? That, um, it, you know, trying not to water myself down so like mm. yeah I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like bringing back the sort of authentic reactions and allowing myself to show that instead of mm. just hiding that and just feeling like well who cares why would anyone care about my opinion on this matter why would anyone care about what I have to say and I've realised that well if you're doing content creation online that's kind of what you have to do that's job. your brand yeah. yeah your brand is your personality and if you're not giving people your personality what are you giving them mm. you're just giving them some superficial version of yourself and i just I, I decided that 2020 would be the year that i grow to accept the real warts and all everywhere in what i do because you can't be happy with yourself if you're not authentic and genuine mm. with yourself and i've always tried my goddamn best to be genuine like i'm a especially on stream like i don't hide anything on stream i'm very open i'm very honest um, I'll talk about things that maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but I'll try and do it in a sensitive way. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to do that more in my other social medias, like Instagram, stuff that traditionally people will put their best foot forward only. I'm trying to just be like, well, I 
you know, it got to the point where I was even scared to post about achievements. I'd be like, I would never post about any cool stuff that happened. Mm. I'd just be like, that's cool, and just internalise it. Because I was so scared of being like, like I was bragging. And I was like, well, why not just post about right, it? Right, yeah. Like, this, I, I, this is my thing with um, social media in general. I want to see the brags yeah. as long as I also get to see the reality. Yeah, you exactly. know, Like, the thing about... New parents on Facebook, <laughs> and all you ever see is this pristine photo of their baby. Yeah. I also need that three o'clock post where they're like, literally, if this baby never woke up now, <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd notice. I just want to sleep, man. Let me sleep. You know, yeah, I, I, no. And I think that's one of the, the problems with how we treat social media. Yeah. Like, we, we focus in on you tweet a thing and then loads of people go ding 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 yeah and then it hits the algorithm so the algorithm shows it to more like, people and all of a sudden like <laughs> but so you then oh people like it when yeah. i'm racist okay that's <laughs> more racist. maybe not that extreme, but you know what i mean so not try that one personally yeah <laughs> yeah um, i haven't picked a race <laughs> i haven't picked which race to hate yet i'm, I'm, I'm trying so many you know? I, focus, I think white people i think i'm gonna pick on white people i think you'd be joining a large crew there <laughs> there's a game there's a game yeah um but like but that also happens with your negative stuff as yeah well. it i'm is, not it's... saying that racism is positive <laughs> <laughs> but it's keeping that line isn't it of making sure it's real without making people think that negativity is the only thing like it's mm. because there's a lot of this whole cynicism or people conflating cynicism with intelligence and thinking that people who are negative and cynical about everything are they just a higher being you know they just think Mm. more about things than other people they just understand they're not a sheep and i hate that i'm like no they're just cynical they're just refusing to you know extract the good out of it they're just Mm. only seeing the bad and they're doing that to their detriment because if you don't if you don't take those little nuggets of good out of things then you're just going through life just being like on a surface level, that's shit, that's shit. Well, that's shit, isn't it? Mm. Well, that's shit. Well, according to that thing that I knew, like, ten years ago, that's also shit. And it's... It's, it's that thing of, like, looking at something and seeing why it's bad yeah. or what potentially has to be good. Yeah. That still doesn't... You're still looking at the same thing. But yeah. But being able to say, you know what? I like it. If maybe they did this, yeah, that'd it be, be great. Improved. That's yeah. right, yeah. It's, and it's the problem with this in the gaming industry, it's the problem with anything. Mm. Like, that snap judgment of, that shit. And it, it's something that you have to really get over as a content creator, is people will say that to your face, and just be like, mm. you'll spend your heart and soul on something, as I'm sure you know, just for someone, one random comment on the internet to be like, that's awful, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And you're people like... People are oh. a lot less um, engaged in just dumping on music. I've yeah. noticed, like, people just tend to... Uh, not not for me sort of thing yeah. or or maybe if someone's super famous like Ed Sheeran's going to get shouted oh, all God, day yeah. because he's so big but genuinely like like you, you like churches yeah there's no one suddenly hearing a church's song and going oh that's awful <laughs> I've got to write a really long screed on why. That? Have you read uh, the YouTube comments of half of these things? It's just like, this is, True. why does anyone listen to this? This is the worst thing I've ever heard. This isn't real music. That's my favourite one. Real music. What is real music? We've like, been doing that that ugh. thing for ages. You see it a lot. The People will pick an era. They'll say the 60s yeah. were where all... Real. Yeah, that's <laughs> where all good music was, and it. Yeah. The They're reason, just jerking themselves off to the vinyl records, like, oh, I remember yeah. real music. Like, I mean. But the great. reason why we kind of. I don't know, if my dad turned on the radio now and heard some of the kind of weirder. Uh, some, some of the hip hop now is. 
getting kind of bizarre. Yeah, it's not my thing. There's but... no way he'd even have the language to understand it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but play him Chaz and Dave, and he's he's there, he gets it. <laughs> but you, I think there's a certain element of you formulate what you love when you're younger. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't fall in love with something new when you're older, but it's there hard. is... When you're 17 years old and you're full of hormones and you're not only falling in love with music for the first time, but you're falling in love for the first time. Yeah. All that stuff, you, you're going to like bond to yeah. certain stuff. Like you're experiencing it for the first time. It's such an intense emotion to experience mm. something like that for the first time. And that's why like teenagerness is scary. But that's that's why much. like with 16 year olds now who yeah. are bonding that way yeah. to Drake. Yeah. And it sounds bizarre because to me, Drake is really average. Yeah. But to that kid's probably going to hold Drake in yeah. their head for the next 20 years. They've not experienced, like, the emotions maybe they're experiencing for the very first time attached to this music. Mm. I mean, that is a powerful combination. Like, yeah. holy crap. I mean, I had, I kind of had to make myself be more open-minded because there was a time where I was just very insular with what I listened to. Mm. It was all, like, emo, rock sort of, like, vibe. And it got to the point where I was like, well, I mean, I hate pop music. It's awful. Mm. And I kind of opened myself up a lot, sort of, my 20... 21 sort of mm. age and I was like it's not awful actually I, I didn't like it back then but I actually kind of like it now mm. and now I listen to absolutely anything like I enjoy everything mm. <laughs> and it's nice well most music's pretty limited in in the amount of uh, scope it has of that combination of notes yeah and because of what we like as well this is to do with like the shape of our ear and the way yeah. sound waves work and all that so there is uh, only a limited amount of stuff people can make that people are going to enjoy yeah. and um, so limiting yourself even further just seems silly yeah you're you missing know. out on so much ear experience I've always noticed like metalers like old school <laughs> metalers love the prodigy <laughs> and it's just because there's something similar sonically yeah. there's something Similar, like obviously Keith Flint brings them in a bit with his look and stuff. <laughs> but if that can happen, then that does mean that anyone can love anything. Well, it kind of shocked me a little bit when my dad was. Uh, I mean, I guess it shouldn't shock me. He was he's old school rock. Like, I'm wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. Mm-hmm. He got me into Maiden. He got me into like, all of the classic rock stuff. Uh, Iron Maiden, classic rock. You know, <laughs> old school kind of metal. Yeah. Um, and then they're still around, aren't they? Maiden. Maiden, yeah, yeah. Who's singing at the moment? It's Bruce still. I think, it's yeah. gone back to Bruce. It's, yeah. Because it was Blake Bailey for a while. Might be wrong. I mean, last time, I saw them in concert about seven years ago, and it's Bruce, but that's yeah. a long time ago. So. <laughs> Blaze Bailey will be before that. Yes, I remember um, my brother's kid is called Blaze. Okay. And it was Blaze Bailey name. then. Good name. So I always just found it funny because my brother doesn't know. Oh. Uh, made him. <laughs> so it's just like you called your <laughs> oh. kid after the. Like the replacement singer Good accidental in accidental taste, kind of. Yeah. Well, no, my dad got into Dragonforce, and I was like, mm. to be honest, that's quite out there for like a, a metalhead. Like, it's metal, but it's like new. Like, it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. like different. Um, and I was quite surprised by that. But then if I try and make him listen to churches, he'd be like, what is this? Like, what is this dirge? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the worst thing ever. So it's quite fascinating. You do kind of not set in your ways, but you do kind of stick to what you like. Yeah. You get. This is just language, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's like um, Jake, our mutual friend yeah. Jake. His dad won't eat pasta. Oh, okay. So right. if, if you have like spaghetti bolognese, he'll have the bolognese part, <laughs> but with potatoes. What? So any pasta dish. This is a re- call out to Jake's dad. What I know. the fuck? Yeah. He re- but he replaces all pasta with potatoes. That's mental. And um, yeah, it's weird. Well, but that's... like 
Well, there must have, he's bonded. Some trauma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> plaster it. Some, awful lasagna and incident. Some dodgy <laughs> Italian touch to inappropriately. Maybe that's it. That might be it, you know. Um, do you find... Obviously, there's financial pressure mm. on being an independent, mm. uh, <laughs> a self-facilitating media nut, yes. uh, to quote Nathan Barley. There's that pressure. But do you, do you find there's a pressure from your audience? Um, I, mm, most do you owe them something? I feel like I do. I, um, yeah. They will tell me frequently, no, you don't owe us anything. No, you don't. They're no, lovely, you they're lovely. Time off, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. it's fine, but then it's not fine, because, you know, eventually people stop coming back. So you yeah. kind of, it's... Uh, again, I think working with Xbox over the year and a half really helped me let go of that a little bit, to the point where I was like, I'm going to make the content I want to make. Instead of mm. just... I was working six to seven days a week before I joined Xbox. I was doing uh, streams every single day, like five, six hours a day. I hated it. I was really not enjoying it. Mm. And, and you can't talk about that really frankly with your audience because they'll take it as a personal like slight. You know, like, you hated it, so you weren't enjoying mm. hanging out with us. And I'm like, that's not even slightly it, it was all me it was all on me feeling pressured and not having any inspiration whatsoever to be talking and making content and just going through the motions of feeling like i had to be live every day mm. and and i i was really not enjoying it at all so i joined xbox and it forced me out of that because instead i was having I had a different routine um but i was still trying to stream every weekend so i was really burned out because i mm. i was working i'd get up at 7 a.m every day i'd be commuting an hour and a half into work i'd be working all day i'd get home at 7 30 at night and i'd be exhausted it's weird that how exhausting streaming can be yeah i mean it, like yeah you could i can sit on a sofa and play a game for six hours and not be exhausted by that yeah exactly but as soon as i as soon as the camera's on and my brain, your brain is engaged yeah. in a different way. Because you're trying to entertain people. And, yeah. this, and now I do four days a week. And this is so much better for me because I have four days a week streaming, one day a week where I can I do all the Ford stuff I need to do. I maybe edit, so I'm not trying to do some YouTube stuff. And then I have a weekend. Oh my God, I've not had a weekend like regularly for five, six mm. years now. So this is mental. But I have a weekend to myself now. And um, I find that now I go into streaming like excited i yeah. want to stream i've got things to talk about i'm like really happy to engage and I'm, I'm so and i think it works much better now than it used to and i think people maybe enjoy watching a little bit more and that's um and it, it makes me sad because i feel like the content i was putting out like a couple of years ago was so subpar and i'm not proud of it and that's kind of what um feeds the guilt more it's been mm. like you have to be on but when you're on and the content is shit what's the point like you're just you're driving away the people who enjoy watching you. Mm. You're driving away new people who come to the stream and go, what, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and you're just doing yourself a disservice. But you're so stressed about money constantly that you feel trapped into doing it. Mm. So, I mean, it was a blessing that Xbox came along because it meant that I broke that cycle and I got out of that. And now, obviously, I'm kind of stressed a little bit again because I'm going back into freelance and I don't know what's going to happen next year. But as I said... Trust the process. Every single year, I do the same thing. I'm stressed. I'm like, oh my god, that was probably my best year ever. It's never going to be the same. It's all downhill from here. Ah! I've done this every year for the past five years, by the way. Had like some sort of breakdown about my yeah. career. And then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, things went much better than I expected. Actually, fine. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of said to myself this year, look, things don't work out. You've got enough skills in different areas now. Like I could quite happily blag my way into some sort of work position at this point. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I can, I, I think. I've learned a lot of different things and I believe in myself. So I, I've 
learned self-belief. <laughs> wow. Um, well, it's like, it is valid experience for like community manager jobs yeah. and like there's a lot, marketing, PR, community management, like the one thing you really notice is when they haven't had experience of the <laughs> other side, the yeah. actual creator side of things. Yeah. Because they don't fully understand how it works. I mean, you see some people interacting with audiences and it's just, it's cringeworthy mm. the way that some communities, community managers like will interact with the audience in a way that they'll be rude and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, you can't. Like, you don't want to pander, but like, Good lord, like please yeah. don't treat your community like. Oh, but I'm edgy. I'm yeah. acerbic. No, oh. you're just coming off as an asshole. Yeah, and you. I mean, your community asshole. is what you breed it to be, right? Mm. <laughs> if you're going to be a dick to them, they're going to be a dick back, and you're just yeah. feeding a cycle. So, it is difficult. I reckon that we're good there. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. That's bang on an hour. Ooh, felt a lot longer actually. <laughs> oh, thanks. Not in a bad way. That's really. It's just we had a lot of really good yeah. discussions. I'm hoping, because I didn't have headphones in, I'm hoping it's fine. We do! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. (laughs) Well, did you enjoy that conversation? If so, smash that subscribe button. And drop a scintillating five-star review. And don't forget, you can support this podcast directly by hopping over to patreon.com forward slash Dan Enjoy! Hey, there we go. There we go. Episode 28 in the bag. Weirdly, Dan Lassac. That means Dan the bag. Huh. I didn't even know. Look at that. I'm... I'm in the bag. That's my name. Uh, what am I talking? Where am I? Hello? Who's? Is anyone there? Hello? Um, it was a really nice chat. Um, I like Leela a lot. She's just one of those people that uh, is nice. She's just nice. There's no like evil, you know. You know, I don't know if you watch Jessica Jones, guys. Jessica Jones series three. If Eric met Leah. 
he wouldn't get a migraine. He'd be cool. He'd be like, oh no, she's nice, man. She's good. So yeah, that that reference isn't that deep, but it might be too deep for some of you. So so watch Jessica Jones see season three. It was a good season, to be fair. They rounded it off nicely. I know I'm talking about this maybe six, seven months after it came out, but that's how far behind the times I am. Uh, but Twitch.tv, it can be one of the most delightful places on the planet. There's a few communities out there that, I don't know, just make you feel better about the world. Leah's is one. Um, Kit Boga, his is one. Mine, nah, you're average. Average to poor, to be fair. I tend to pick up the dregs of society. Uh, and I haven't streamed in a while because of uh, just being a grumpy old man who talks about politics too much and depresses everyone. But I'm going to start streaming again soon. Allegedly. Soon TM, as they say. But I hope you enjoyed that chat. I hope you're all feeling delightful and having a wonderful time. Do all the things, tweet and stuff, because I, I need it. I need it, guys. And um, I will see you in a fortnight where haven't recorded this one yet, but Radio Legend is joining us. A Radio Legend is joining us. I literally get off a plane, come home, nap for an hour, and then go to that London to record the next episode with a Radio Legend. Not John Peel, he's dead. Uh, but yeah, have a lovely one, and I'll see you soon. Enjoy your lives. <laughs>